You're listening to the Modern Experience Marketer Podcast, the place for multi-location marketers to dive deeper into the new world of customer experience and where CMOs and their teams come to learn how to attract new leads that convert, manage online reputation, and use every customer interaction to deliver amazing experiences and grow revenues. All right, and welcome to the debut edition of the Modern Experience Marketer Podcast. My name is Jay Hinman, and I'm your host and the person who gets to ask all the questions of our esteemed guests. Every episode, we'll be bringing on a different experience marketing expert who themselves are focused on helping marketers convert customer experiences into revenues and who have hands-on experience in attracting leads, managing online reputation, and understanding the voice of the customer. This episode, we'll be talking to Joey Randazzo, the CEO of Becoming Media, about how important online listings and reviews are for SEO, and ultimately for outranking and beating your competitors. So let's get going and kick episode one off. I am delighted to introduce Joey Randazzo, the CEO of the Portland, Oregon-based Becoming Media and an expert in ensuring that the businesses he works with get better Google rankings, increased website traffic, and more business. Joey leads over 25 team members who have a passion for SEO and in helping multi-location local businesses be found and be chosen. You can learn more about Joey and his team's services at portlandseogrowth.com. Joey, welcome to the Modern Experience Marketer. Thanks, Jay. Uh, Really, really excited to have this conversation with you. Excellent. Well, let's start with the biggest mistake that you see multi-location marketers making the most. Like, What's the one thing that your clients seem to trip up on when they're trying to drive people from their online searches into locations, practices, restaurants, offices, etc.? Yeah, so I see a couple of things. Um, and two of the biggest things that I see with multi-location SEO marketers is one, a Google My Business strategy. So Google My Business is Google's free listing platform, basically, at the most most basic level there. And each location needs a Google My Business, right? If you've got a location, let's say you're a multi-location dentist, you've got a location in Portland, you've got a location in Beaverton, Oregon, you've got a location in Vancouver, Washington, just over the border there. You need a Google My Business for each of those locations, right? Because people search locally, they're going to pull out their smartphone, they're going to type in, you know, best dentist in Beaverton. And if you're not listed within Google's Google My Business platform, you really have a very, very limited opportunity to rank locally for those types of searches. So a lot of businesses, especially the, the newer multi-location businesses that don't know marketing really at all, they might not even have Google My Businesses set up for some of their locations. So that's kind of step one. And then step two is setting them up properly. A, a lot of folks, um, they leave... Uh, descriptions blank. They don't add pictures. They don't respond to reviews. They don't add all of their services within their Google My Business. They basically leave it really, really bare. And so that's one of the biggest problems that I see with multi-location businesses is their Google My Businesses are not done properly. Second is their local landing pages. So same thing. If you've got a multi-location business, a multi-location dentist practice, for example, and you've got that location in, in Beaverton, Oregon, in Portland, in Hillsboro, Oregon, in Salem, Oregon. You need a local landing page for each of those locations. And I see a lot of multi-location businesses do this kind of gray hat location, uh, local landing page strategy that might have worked five, six years ago. But um, a lot of folks do the local landing page strategy incorrectly as well. It's it's pretty spammy, keyword focused only 
Um, and uh, it oftentimes does not benefit them as much as they think it does, or maybe not as much as it did two, three, four years ago. So those are kind of two of the the, the biggest things that I see from multi-location businesses. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Well, let's move on kind of to the reviews portion of which is somewhat hand in hand with the listing. So yep. what yep. makes review volume and review ratings or star ratings? What is that? What makes that so important for Google search rankings? So first thing here is Google's getting really, really smart. Google's what, what I call is turning into kind of a, an optimized human, right? Like Google is, is, is behaving very human-like, but, but obviously to a degree that's beyond human capability. So first we have to think about how people are naturally behaving when it comes to reviews, because Google's trying to mimic that, right? So when someone is searching for, um, let's say, for example, a personal trainer in Portland, Oregon, the first thing that comes up, and I think we'll get to this later, is the Google local pack. That's just the maps area of Google. If you're listening to this and you pull out your phone and you type in personal trainer near me or personal trainer in city, whatever city you're located in, one of the first things that's going to show up is that Google local pack, the maps area. And there's usually three businesses that live within there. And so imagine yourself searching through this and you're looking at you know these three businesses that pop up first. The logical human being is going to probably navigate in and engage with the business that has the highest quality and highest quantity of reviews. So if the first personal trainer that pops up has 100 reviews, 4.9 stars versus the third personal trainer on that Google local pack list has only like six, seven reviews, four stars, 4.1 stars. The logical human is going to pick on, you know, engage with that that top business that has 100 reviews at 4.9 stars. So in terms of Google rankings, it's also about Google click-through rate and Google conversion. You know, if you rank, if you rank, but you're not getting any, any traffic from it because your competitors are outperforming you from a reviews perspective, it's really not that valuable, right? Um, second is that Google cares about reviews. So there are many, many, many ranking factors that Google is looking at for local SEO rankings. So if someone's typing in best personal trainer near me and you're a personal trainer, Google's looking at hundreds of things on your site, off your site to determine if you're going to rank. But they're also definitely looking at reviews. That's that's something that Google is, is particularly paying attention to. And this is even more true when people are searching for like best type searches. Jay, you've probably done it a million times. I do it every day. People listening probably do it all the time, you know, searching for best personal trainer near me, best, you know, Mexican restaurant um, in Portland, Oregon. People use best a lot. And so Google needs a way to determine what best means, right? If Google's Google's an algorithm, they're trying to figure out what does this best mean? And oftentimes that has to do with reviews. So uh, if you've got really great reviews and people are searching for best, uh, whatever the service or product that you offer uh, best service that you offer as a local uh, as a local business. Uh, if you've got really great quality reviews, you're giving yourself a better opportunity to rank for those best type searches. If that makes sense, it does. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Well, so you know, we talked a little bit about Google reviews, but what about reviews on other platforms? Is there a difference in the impact that they have on SEO? Well, they they absolutely do. Um, and so again, we have to think about Google as trying to gather all of this context about a local business. And so Google's crawling everything. And so uh, it, let's say you're a, a siding contractor uh, and you're in Portland, you know, a, a, a third party review platform such as HomeAdvisor is going to be much more impactful 
than a third party review platform, you know, a third party platform to get reviews than like Facebook, right? Um, so Google is crawling these relevant directories, relevant platforms based on the type of service that you offer. You know, for example, lawyers, there's Find Law is, is a platform that has a lot of, uh, you can review different lawyers on that. Um, and so a lawyer, you know, uh, a platform like Find Law, getting reviews on that and having high quality reviews on that is going to be much more impactful for SEO than, for example, a lawyer trying to get a bunch of reviews on Yelp. You know, not many people are going to Yelp to look for lawyers. They're likely going to be going to these lawyer specific platforms. So with that being said as well, Google cares about um, these other third-party platforms, particularly when they're very hyper-specific to your industry. And we know why this, you know, we have evidence that if you type in, uh, let's say, for example, a the name of a lawyer in your town uh, and you type them into Google, there's a knowledge graph that pops up on the right part of your screen. You've, you know, the knowledge graph is a technical term, but you've seen it a million times. It shows their maps, it shows their name, it shows their services. Google's actually starting to populate third-party reviews. So it'll say, find law, and it'll say, you know, 100 reviews and 4.7 stars. Or if you're a contractor and you type in that contractor's name, Google will populate reviews from HomeAdvisor on the knowledge graph of Google. It'll say HomeAdvisor, and it'll say, uh, you know, 4.3 stars and 100 reviews. And actually, Google's populating reviews from BirdEye. And I think, uh, Jay, I, I was, you know, we, we, uh, Ruchika and your team, they published a, a guide on some, some more information related to reviews that I think your audience would get a lot of value from checking that out. But in one of the screenshots that they show there, Google's actually pulling, you know, reviews from BirdEye and populating them onto Google directly. So uh, it's important to know that Google is paying attention clearly to these other review platforms because they're populating that information within Google itself. Right. Um, so I hope that that kind of answers your question there. Yeah, it does. It's, it's interesting how the algorithm kind of works sort of um, dispassionately. You know, it pulls, right. of course, the Google stuff, but it'll also pull it from Fine Law and Home Advisor right. and Dr. Crono and things like that, right. because they're really trying to get you the most relevant information, you as the consumer. And it doesn't matter if it comes from Google or BirdEye or whatnot. Absolutely. Exactly. Google's trying to, whenever anybody searches anything, their goal is to give them the most valuable answer to their question or query. And if that means that these other review platforms are valuable, Google's definitely taking that into consideration. All right. Well, one of the things that uh, I think is interesting is there is a huge percentage of companies that don't actually respond to any of the reviews right. that they get, whether negative or positive. So maybe talk a little bit about some of the benefits that come from responding to the reviews that customers leave. Right. So actually, this is interesting that you bring this up because I was just talking with someone else about this uh, last week. And so I, you know, my, my, uh, whenever I, I think about questions like this, uh, when people ask questions about Google's algorithm and how it works and if Google thinks, Google thinks certain things are important, the best thing to do is to go straight to Google. So, so what I'm about to read is directly from Google My Business's kind of guidelines. And it says, quote, responding to reviews shows that you value your customers and the feedback that they leave about your business. So Google directly is basically saying, respond to reviews. And so when Google's giving you advice like that, you know they're taking that into consideration for SEO. If, if you've got 50 reviews that you haven't responded to, that's going to be, you know, it's not going to, uh, that's not going to, you know, 
damage you to the extreme, right? You know, Google takes into consideration, like I said, dozens and dozens of things, but that's one factor. And if you're missing out on, on a number of these factors, such as, as something as simple as responding to reviews, these things can add up. And, and, and going beyond that is we also need to think about the customer experience, right? Like if someone, again, again is searching for um, the best yoga studio in Portland, this might be a big decision for somebody. So they're going to be reading those reviews. And if someone left, you know, a two-star review for a, a, one of the, the businesses that they're considering, and that review says something like, you know, the yoga instructor that I had was clearly having a bad day. They, they didn't have a lot of energy. They didn't, they didn't seem to care about the class today. And they left a two-star review about that. And if that review has zero response, then that person that's considering, should I go with this yoga studio, this yoga studio, or this yoga studio, that might be the deciding factor of them to be like, mm, you know what, I'm right. going to go to the other, other, other yoga studio. So we have to think about it not only from an SEO perspective, but from a conversion perspective, because people, the average human being, they read reviews. Uh, I don't have the direct data off of the top of my head, but it, it's something like 70, 80% of folks before making a decision like this, they are reading multiple reviews from multiple different companies. So Responding to reviews shows that you really care. And that could be the difference between someone picking up the phone and calling you before uh, before calling your competitor. Makes sense. Excellent. Yeah. And there's also the notion of having uh, responses to reviews and, and, you know, people don't actually go into the reviews. I'm sorry. They don't actually look at reviews that are older than a week or two old. We have some data that says something like 60 to 70% of people, if it's older than two weeks, it's just like, yeah, that's not even worth it anymore. Yeah, especially with the pandemic right now in restaurants, you know, we, my, my wife and I, when we consider going to restaurants, uh, especially here in Portland, um, and things at right at this moment that we're recording this are still semi-closed, you know, knowing that that restaurant has a heater outside is really important. And the data from three weeks ago in a review might not tell you what you want to know today. And so you're absolutely right. People are looking for very recent reviews as well. Got it. Well, what's your opinion on having reviews on the business website itself? You know, how, if at all, does that help SEO? Yeah. So I think it, I think it can. Um, and we, we need to understand, again, we need to come back to Google and what Google cares about. And so one of the things that Google cares about is the content on the pages that you're, you're offering, you know, that you have on your site. And so uh, we also need to understand that Google's really, really smart. So if you're simply copying, copying and pasting reviews from HomeAdvisor and putting them on your website, Google's smart enough to pick that up, right? Um, so, you know, gaming the system and doing that five years ago, copying and pasting reviews might have had more, more of an impact five, 10 years ago than it does today. But I still think it's valuable um, because that content on the page uh, is likely has some relevant keywords in it. You know, when people leave reviews, they, they, they might say something like, I've been looking for a great Mexican restaurant in Portland. This was the best one that I found. And now they're using keywords like, you know, best Mexican restaurant in Portland and some other things like that. And now you have that additional content on the page to provide context to Google as it scrolls and, and, and tries to figure out what that page is about. So from, from a strictly content and on-page SEO perspective, it can provide some value there. But I think it's also really important to consider the um, the value that it provides for users from a conversion perspective, especially as Google very soon does its page experience update and Google's taking into consideration even more how users interact with your page. Having social proof, you know, having 20, 30 reviews posted on your, on your uh, site can only add value because it proves 
that other folks in a similar situation to that potential buyer had a positive experience. So I think that'll also improve the page experience um, of users navigating and interacting with your site, which again, Google's taking more into consideration as it rolls out this page experience update in May of uh, 2021. Okay, great. Well, Joey, at the top of the podcast, we talked a little bit about listings and being in the three pack and et cetera. I want to move on to talk a little bit more about listings now. So uh, what impact do accurate and you know well-considered business listings have on SEO? We've talked a lot about reviews, but having an accurate and well-considered business listing, I know helps as well. So does the amount of information shared in the listing influence SEO? It absolutely does. Yeah. There's a lot of different factors that go into this. And so we need to, again, come back to Google. What does Google care about? And how I describe it to to our clients or anybody that I'm speaking with is Google wants to know exactly who you are, what you do, and where you're located. That's what Google's really trying to figure out with these listings is, do you do what you say you do? Are you located where you say you're located and all that type of stuff, right? Because it comes back to trust. And so we have, um, you know, when, when you can provide context in your listings of all the services that you offer, you know, uh, images, all of these different things, you're giving Google more and more and more context. And this is particularly important when you have uh, multiple listings with different information. So an example is, let's say someone's searching for an auto shop in Portland. I'm from Portland, Oregon, as you know, I've given all my examples here from Portland. So Basically, someone's searching for an auto shop and let's say there's a business and, and his, it, the business's name is Bob's Garage. I'm just making this up. Let's say his Google My Business has a listing name of Bob's Garage, but on his website, the, the, the name that he's using over and over again is Bob's Garage in Portland, Oregon versus on his Facebook page, it's Bob's Garage LLC versus on a different site, it's you know Portland's Bob's Garage LLC. Now all of a sudden, Google sees all this conflicting information and it comes back to trust. It comes back to, am I giving the user the, the, the perfect result for what they're searching for? Is this a result that the user can, can trust? And so these listings are very, very important to provide accurate and consistent, especially that consistency information to Google. Now, if you have different, slightly different names, a different phone number, especially you're sharing different services on each listing, Google is going to lose trust. And so that's where consistent and accurate listings become really important to, to give Google uh, the trust to be willing to, to rank you in that local pack in the top three. Um, so yeah, it's definitely very important. That's great. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about, you know, depending on the vertical industry that you're in, getting on to find law or home advisor mm -hmm. or Dr. Crono, but it doesn't matter how many listing sites you actually have presence on. I think it, what's more is the quality. So for example, if you're going to go out and build, like, I just need as many listing directories as possible. And I'm going to go build 200 listings, but you've got, you know, you're, you're a, you're a, an auto shop and you've got your listing on a, you know, a bunch of beauty related uh, and salon related directories, that's probably actually going to hurt you more than anything. Cause now Google's like, wait, why are you on these directory sites for beauty salons and on these, you know, fitness related directories? I would say what's most important is the quality of the directories and as many that are especially hyper relevant to your industry. So if you're a lawyer, all of the, the quality lawyer related directories you should probably be on because Google's definitely scraping that information. In addition to the Google, Facebook, Bing. Correct. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And, you know, the, the definitely the, the generic um, 
the generic quality ones as well, the the Yelps, the the Bing, the Bing places, absolutely, all of those are, are obviously foundational. And you talked a little bit about sort of essential information that needs to be in a listing. So, mm-hmm. like, what's the bare minimum? What what information do you have to have in a business listing? I mean, obviously, name, address, and phone number is is uh, for folks that know local SEO. You hear NAP over and over again. Yeah. Name, address, phone number. I mean, that's probably. Uh, you know, I, I would, I'm all about comprehensiveness and Google's all about comprehensiveness is now, and this is, this is particularly about on-page SEO, but there's something called Google quality raters. Google actually has legitimate people that go out to the internet and manually review websites. And there's actually a public, um, document that's these Google quality review guidelines. These people that actually go out and manually review websites, there's a set of guidelines that anybody can read that they that they go on. And Google uses the word comprehensive or comprehensiveness, I think it's like 31 times. And so it's the same thing with, with listings. If Google cares about the comprehensiveness on your website, Google's probably going to care about the comprehensiveness on your listing. So sure, name, address, and phone number is probably the bare minimum, but but I wouldn't I would never stop there. You know, as much information as you can provide, instead of providing one image, why can't you provide 20? You know, one of the outside of your building, one of the front desk. One of some of the office spaces, one of it, you know, if you're a dentist, the, the chairs and the area where you brush your teeth, like, you know, all of these things, it's only providing more comprehensiveness to Google. So um, while name, address, phone number is the bare minimum, I, I would definitely would, would go as comprehensive as you can. So, yeah, I was definitely going to ask about the images because like a lot of places will just put the outside of their location and that's that's it. And then sometimes it'll be some consumer photos will get shown up. But mm-hmm. what makes those images so important, like having more than just that one? It's trust. It comes down to trust and Google, again, coming back to you are who you say you are. You're located where you say you're located. You do what you say you do. So if you're an auto shop and you claim to work on luxury cars, right? I'm a luxury car auto shop. Now, if you're showing, if you only show the outside of of your auto shop and it looks kind of run down or whatever, and you don't show anything else, that's Google's going to say, okay, can I actually trust that they do luxury cars Right. versus if you've got the inside of your auto shop with a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Mercedes, a Rolls Royce, and you provide dozens of pictures with these cars that you service uh, from the inside of your, you know, your location. Again, it's just providing that comprehensiveness and trust that Google really cares about. Fantastic. Well, Joey, anything else you want to tell multi-location marketers about getting their businesses found and chosen? Anything we didn't cover here that's kind of like peak advice for your clients? Yeah, I would say the, the, the biggest thing is a lot of folks think about, you know, what SEO strategies are working today. They think about how can I, how can I kind of game, you know, there's a lot of folks that, that use, you know, SEO hacking and gaming the system and getting results. At the end of the day, as I've shared throughout this, this, this conversation is Google's becoming more human. Google's capabilities are just expanding rapidly. And so when I talk with clients and when I build SEO strategies for multi-location businesses, it comes down to what's going to be working four five, six years from now, right? Because a, a lot of these folks, they, they try to game the system and get results tomorrow. And then that core update happens, you know, six months from now. And sure, they might've gained some traffic, but boom, their site gets hit. They're dinged, they're penalized. And now it takes them years to get back to where they even were versus it's all about doing the right thing. The foundational white hat strategies, not walking that gray hat SEO strategy line 
that might get you some quick results, but you know is not going to provide long-term health uh, because SEO is a long-term strategy, right? You can get some quick results, sure. But at the end of the day, you want a healthy site four or five years from now. You want your competitors, um, you know, your, your competitors are likely not going to be doing the, the, the right thing. And so as these core algorithm updates roll out, they might get hit, but you're going to win. You're actually going to get more traffic from those because you did the right thing. So uh, I definitely want to leave that with folks is don't try to do tricks, do the right thing, follow Google's, Google's processes. And if you do that really, really well, long-term, you're going to see performance. Fantastic. And you've just told us all the other right things to do as well. So <laughs> thank you so much, Joey. This has been extremely helpful and very informative. Thanks, Jay. I really appreciate it. The Modern Experience Marketer Podcast has been brought to you by BirdEye, the all-in-one experience marketing platform for multi-location businesses. Come over to birdeye.com to learn more.